Sports Women's Hurling Podcast after a very, very big weekend of Camogie. We have a lot to get through. Um, thanks once again to our sponsors, Burke Sports, www.burksports.ie and norma.clancy at burksports.ie. So listen, guys, we'll crack straight in because it was a massive, massive weekend for Camogie. We have our senior finalists now. Uh, Galway and Kilkenny are repeating last year's final. Um, I think for me, and we should definitely open with this, the weekend was about uh, two players who probably don't get enough credit. Uh, the man market specialists, uh, Sean Healy and Davina Tobin. So I think we should open the show with them because usually they just get an old nod at the end of, uh, of the analysis. Uh, two of the finest in the game at what they do. Um, so well done to those guys. Um, also, a quick shout out to Kira Field and Sophie O'Dwyer who had their own victory over the weekend. We won't get them in trouble saying why, but you know yourselves, well done. <laughs> and um, yeah, look, we'll get started. So um, I suppose there's a few talking points before we go to the action. Um, I had a quick look at the, at the recording of the Tipperary Galway game today. And for me, the disallowed caught the van point was absolutely scandalous. Um, at a crucial time in the game, I just can't get my head around it whatsoever. Like, it's a 21-yard free. Of course, you're going to break the line of the 21 in the motion of striking the ball over the bar. None of the Galway players gave out about it. She wasn't going for a goal. And I'm sorry, Andrew Larkin, but that is a terrible decision in an Ireland semi-final. And for me, it smacks of someone who's never played in a high-level game. Like, only somebody who doesn't understand what it is to play in a high-profile game could possibly make a decision like that. Um, and for me as well, Ray should have been stronger on that and just went, listen, no, I'm sorry. He is the referee after all. He's the guy controlling the game. And in fairness to Bill Milani, there wasn't a mention about it afterwards or anything. But interestingly enough, like, we made this point, I think, Fiona, when we were at the games in Cork the last day. Um, the Tipperary and Forna never went down to the field to question decision. They just kind of rolled with it. Um, and I just don't think the same thing would have happened if it had happened to Cork or Galway. Um, so I think they're more foreign and would have been on and made a big deal out of it like caught just looked bewildered on the television but they didn't make a big deal out of it and they got on with it the next thing it's a penalty to go all the way down the other end straight away sideline does make a huge difference like because yeah. even watching Cork game yesterday Thompson went down so easily at one stage over right by the sideline but uh, one of the Meyer Fernand were there from Cork started roaring and straight away ref blew the whistle you know it makes a difference and it's all those little margins that will help you you know get over the line in a game and um, Cork is such a huge presence on the sideline and it makes a big difference so um, no, you said the, the Moira Forna started roaring. I think he just, he was roaring <laughs> yeah. from minute one to minute 60. And he, happened he roared to a bit louder. Roaring <laughs> at the time of the incident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, continuous roaring as usual, um, which is very, very annoying when you're trying to watch the game. But anyways, but you're dead right. I think a sideline presence at times can help you in those things. Now, the other side of it is, and you text me about this, Davey, Ailish O'Reilly had a point, a clear point that was uh, disallowed. Like, from where I was sitting, it hit the crossbar. So she's... She's in line with the black spot. It hit the crossbar and shot up. How in, like, I was never that good at, at physics no, or anything like that in school, but how in the name of Jays that could go wide from there? Like, obviously, the umpire knows something about, um, about uh, deflections and angles and, uh, and, and whatever, but that had to be a point as well. So, look, it probably cancelled out the call at the bar when it wasn't a big talking point in the game, but I just thought... We don't want to go down this route in Camogie again whereby like, we're making these silly technical decisions. Like, Just let the game flow. 
Um, I suppose the other big talking point on social media anyway, but it wasn't actually a talking point in the stadium at all, was the timekeeping in the Cork versus McKinney game. The, in the stadium, the ref added on four. I think we had a photo of the final score up on, on Instagram, and it was 64-52 or 64-32 was on the clock beside it. So it wasn't an issue. I think the issue there might have come out of the fact that RTE stopped their clock for the water break for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, let's try it in the Camogie share. Fuck it, why not? We won't do it for any other game all year. Um, and caused consternation. But look, I think the ref added on for and paid for from what I could see in the stadium. So I think it's a bit of a non-event. But So there are the talking points. Um, we'll move on to the action. Kikini versus Cork was everything we'd hoped it would be, I suppose. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. You were really impressed with Kikini's defensive setup. Yeah, I'm glad you started with me. Because first of all, I have to, I have to put my hands up and, and give credit to, to Kilkenny, like because... Coming into oh, yeah. that, <laughs> coming, I said, I get to find out before before you, you say it to me, but um, the, the fact that they had played no games, no real challenge coming into an All Ireland semi final, I thought that, that that Cork would have won and won probably comfortably enough. But in fairness, put my hands up, Kilkenny were definitely the better side throughout the game. Um, and I suppose that my point did kind of. The first 10 minutes of the game, that's what we were kind of looking at. It was one treat, no score to Cork. And we were like, Jesus, is this going to actually happen? That they had no challenge, but then they came into the game. Like the first half finished 1-8 to 1-7. So Kilkenny outscored Cork 1-8 to four points. And that's really where the game was won and lost. But as you said, the defensive setup, again, we talked about it all week. Or Corona was going to go away from the centre-forward position. What were Kilkenny going to do? And in fairness, they backed their players for the individual battle and they won. So Ora Cron went out to midfield to her own half-back line. Megan Farrell followed her everywhere, no matter where she went. If she went into balls, she would have followed her. And it did leave, it did leave a bit of space. But Kilkenny had no problem with that. They backed their defence one-on-one and their defence came out trumps. Davina Tobin, as we kind of mentioned as well, on Amy O'Connor, wherever she went, Davina followed her. And again, Davina won won that battle and probably another one that probably might have gone a small bit that we didn't see too much of was Michelle Tehan. Michelle was cornerback but she was outstanding like I mean outstanding she won every ball every duel that came into that corner um, and, and again she was on Searsha for a lot, of, a lot of the game before she was taken off I can only presume it was through injury yeah um, like in fairness the, the defensive setup that um, Kilkenny had was fantastic and their, their individual battles won them the game. I met Martin Quilty and um, and Anya um, after the and they actually mentioned you Davies so I think you're to you're to Kilkenny now what Sarah is to Claire <laughs> <laughs> in Kuwagi yeah, terms so I say that all weekend you've looked at the missus among Julian and say either <laughs> cancel it or don't wander outside the grounds of the hotel I would say keep it keep it keep it to yourself but um, yeah, look. In fairness, hats off to Kilkenny. They got the they got the matchups absolutely um, spot on. They nailed it. Um, they nailed it tactically. And apart from that little that little start, they really kind of had control of the game. Um, Sarah, I think you're the the media that Paddy refers to uh, in his interviews. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, I don't think I think Fee, maybe you were pushing that uh, short game agenda as well there uh, for, for for a while, but. Look, Sarah, talk to us about Cork. Um, I suppose 
why did it go so well for them for the first quarter of an hour? Where did it go wrong for them afterwards? And just uh, give, give us your overview on them. I'm really disappointed for Cork because as a group of players, they're so incredibly professional and they work so hard for it to end the way it did yesterday in Cork on their home turf will really hurt. That's the first thing. Um, the first 15 minutes, yes, they, they looked like they had the right game plan in place to, to play Kilkenny. But I just felt that when Kilkenny got to grips with Cork, and we talked about it last week in the podcast, when they got up in their faces, this lovely hand-passing short game fell apart because they weren't able to get the ball away as quickly as you know they would have done in other games. The intensity was just too much. And then at that point, what they needed to do was obviously start spring long ball into the corners and, and using the play like I see Aoife Doyle in the second half. You know, she had all that space in front of her. She just had to get out and win it for Kilkenny. And that's what Cork needed to do to try and open up that space for Amy and open up the space for Orla. But they seemed to be massively reliant on Gemma inside on her own um, for the second half. And, you know, Gemma's not an out-and-out forward. So to put all that pressure on her when you have five other forwards who'd been playing quite well in the three games up to it, they just seem to completely move away from their game plan. And I know Paddy referenced that in his interview after about the girls moving away from the game plan and that they should have stuck to the short passing game plan. But if it's not working on the sideline, then you have to be able to move to plan B and that has to come from management. So you have to admire the likes of Ashley Thompson and Chloe Sigerson. They got five points from midfield between them. They knew that they were going to have to go but the other Cork forwards weren't ready for that. Sorry, sorry, but I, 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 I know you're, I know you're a budding you're a budding manager, so you have to get this right. When you win, the manager nailed it, and when you lose, the players are wrong. So just you might want to note that down for your future managerial uh, career. Just an interesting one there. Like I'm just asking the question: Are Cork playing the way they are, and they're not utilizing their inside line because they don't have the players to to use it? Because mm. We say, we say, like, looks like Cork forwards, Orla Brown and Amy O'Connor, possibly Katrina Mackey, she was out in the field. Though. Who else is going to really trouble the defence? Or who did yesterday? No one, really. Yeah, I suppose you could argue that the balance of the Cork team is off in that they, they play all their pace out around the middle third because they want to run the ball. So I suppose if they're going to try and play that long game, like, you know, like Mackey has pace, Amy O'Connor has pace. You know, you, Julia White came on, obviously she's going to come back from injury, has pace. It's like, if you're going to play an inside line and leave them in oceans of space, you want them to, to have pace. But Cork just, they didn't set up their team that way. Um, Sarah, I suppose the hard question, like the one thing Paul, he said he was right on was to start Gemma. In my eyes, it didn't work at all. What do you think? I agree. And actually, when Pamela went off injured, that was the point where I'd have brought Gemma back in centre-back. Because if she was going to be playing in such a pivotal role, you know, in the forward position and looking to carry the team the way they evidently wanted her to do by the slotted her back in, centre back and shored it all up. It was a one-point game. Cork didn't play badly. They just didn't take the chances that they had in the previous games. And mm. I, would you have agreed with me on that? You'd have brought her back in, centre back? Like, held yeah. up the space? Yeah. It, it, it was the obvious thing to do. And look, Maeve Catalan didn't do badly at centre back, don't get me wrong, but... You know, when you're really chasing the game, I suppose the opportunity was there to put Gemma in centre-back. So she's a great striker of the ball, but Amy O'Connor in on the edge of the square. 
put the Kilkenny full back line under a bit of pressure because they were under no pressure. Like, apart from the first 10 minutes, that Kilkenny full back line gave as good a display as you'll ever see anywhere. They just, every one of them was on top. Every single one of them. They never looked under pressure. It was just where, like, like obviously, Paul, look, Paulie's the best Camogie manager has ever been. Like, he's set different standards. He's probably, I suppose, created his own competition in that he's forced other counties to, to raise their levels to, to try and compete with Cork. But I just, I don't like this narrative that when Cork lose, everything is wrong except themselves. You know, like last year when they lost to Galway, they blamed everything. You know, they did injuries, the referee, everything. Same today, oh, the referee was wrong and the players went away from the game and the media is wrong. Everything is wrong. Like, I don't want this to, to dominate the discussion because the Kilkenny players and the management and Brian and Tommy deserve the credit today for that performance that they gave and not, to, not that we're listening to the body in the media dominate and giving out and whinging and moaning about it. Like, superb manager, probably nobody will pass out his record. But just when you lose, you just have to suck it up and that's it. Like, they were beaten. They made a few poor tactical decisions. They were out-taught on the line. They didn't perform on the day and they were beaten and that's it. And it wasn't a referee's fault or a timing fault or anything else. You just take your beating and that's it and move on and they'll be back next year and they'll be a serious force again. There's no question about that. Um, here back to Gemma for a second and back to Paulie being such a good manager I would say that like he obviously knew that Gemma was only coming back from like a punctured lung I would say I would argue that she was only starting in the full forward line obviously because of the injury and the lack of game time all year so like obviously the you know it would have been ideal to have her back centre back and even obviously move her back for you know when um, the adrenaline takes over you forget about all injuries so definitely bringing her back at that time when Pam Mackey went off would have been a great call but like I believe, like, he obviously, that was the last, that was the only position she would have been able for with the injury. So we have to give a big shout out to her and fair play to her for, like, coming back after. You wouldn't see, you wouldn't see lads doing that, like, but she's just a so, such a soldier for Limerick Camo, or for, for Camogie after all nice the years. Nice um, but um, <laughs> a huge shout out for Gemma because what a soldier for Cork she's been and to even to get that goal to be in the right like space and um, score that goal yesterday absolutely unbelievable and they, they really did miss her at centre act I think all year big time yeah what would it say if you were a Cork forward sub waking up this morning and someone who had a punctured lung four weeks ago that's a natural centre back all her career started in the full forward line ahead of you you'd be fairly sore I think if it's Gemma O'Connor you'd be alright Mm, no, I, I don't think I, so. I think, the I think we're giving far too much uh, credit to how good a player Jim O'Connor is. Best centre back, possibly of all time, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, an unfit full forward. No, sorry. If we're going to be if we're going to be objective here and forget about names and reputations and actually call it for what it is, that was a poor decision. And There's I no think, two ways about it. That I think the I think the performance of Claire Fielding as well. Like I didn't mention her, but she was on top. Like again, the goal. Like she Jim pulled away for the goal. It popped out there. It wasn't Clearfield's fault. Clearfield engaged the ball. But yeah. the longer the game went on, the more ball that uh, Clearfield was, was collecting and coming out, breaking out. Um, and again, that probably just shows that she wasn't fit. She couldn't have been fit. Um, and probably not the best decision. Yeah, and the last place you want to be if you're not flying fit is in the top of Clearfield. Yeah. I'd argue like, well, though, that like... Um, you know, we did say at the start of the year, the Cork, once we saw the panel was finally announced, we did say that they're not 
the Cork, the force that they were before. And, you know, they had their they have their dual players back playing. Um, you know, Julia White was one of the first subs on. Uh, she's somebody returning from injury. Uh, Pamela Mackey was blatant, I'd say, broken collarbone. Um, or, you know, re, re-injured it from the last day. And she was left on the pitch. You could see she was in agony. Is it Paulie not having confidence in the subs that he has? Or does he, you know, are they're, they're weak on, on the sideline uh, in, in Paulie's eyes anyway, you know? So, mm. you know. Well, we talked about this as well at the start of the year and at the start of the podcast about Cork not being competitive outside of Cork. So winning your club championship you know, Corsi's didn't have a big uh, say in yesterday's game at all. You know, he, he held very little store in the club championship in Cork, as evidenced by the fact that he relied on the same old players. So you're right, Cork were very sparse. They were not the team of old. And that showed yesterday. Now, I still think, like, Eva Doyle played really well yesterday, but she was quite naive. Um, she had a couple of three or four scoring chances that the likes of Shelley. Um, Jelly Farrell would have would have popped over, so there there was an opportunity, I suppose, for Cork potentially to try the likes of Fiona Keating in that corner forward position and see can they get a free or you know with such small margins they could have had pacier players inside the inside line. Definitely. Yeah, I know, guys. We have to get this back on track because we're twenty minutes in here and the words oh. Dalton and Gaul haven't even been yeah. uttered yet. So let's start with that, Davy. You were looking at Kikini first, just. Again, I was just a lot of the talk was about about how poor Cork were, Cork's mistakes. But you, again, I I probably didn't give them credit so far. But again, I I want to change the conversation back to to giving them credit because when when the need was most and Dalton popped up, Denise Gall popped up, even Miriam Miriam Walsh inside the full forward line caused a lot of problems for Laura Tracy. Like your big players popped up when needed, um, and I suppose the biggest that I that I seen was. Or Kilkenny couldn't come outside their half with puckouts. They lost, I think there was 85 or 90% of them, I counted. Um, but I think two out of the last three puckouts, Denise Gall came out probably to her own 65 and caught two balls, one a free, and ran up the sideline with another one. And that's leadership. Like that's grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck when your team needed it most and driving it forward, killing time, winning the free. And Dalton came out, had a, 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 a 30 second conversation. Who's going to take the free? Denise put it down, gave a lovely ball across the field. But it's just leadership. And that's, exact, like, that's exactly what Kenny needed at the time. And Miriam Walsh inside in full forward line, like, first half was her strength alone when she got the ball running at the defense. Um, and the goal just epitomized what she was all about all day long. And she was doing it all day. And again, as you said, Sarah, Aoife died as well. She, she, like, she won two out of less, two out of the freeze in the second half when needed. Um, and again, great credit to them. Yeah, no, they were top, top class. And I think it's just, it's important that we don't let the Cork losing become the narrative here because, as you said there a minute ago, the players, Brian, Tommy, the whole lot of them, they deserve the credit for, for what they've done. Very interesting to see Kellyanne Doyle coming on as a sub for Kikini, who'd been out with Appreciate as well all year. Um, I wonder is two weeks too short a time to get her fully fit, but what a weapon to have um, for Kilkenny to come on as well. Hard running, um, COVID, hard running COVID style. Find the cruciates, hasn't it, Sully, with the Sarah Friday on yesterday and Kellyanne <laughs> yeah. 
experience. It's been great, like, you know. Yeah, you know, like extended season, yeah. Players that would have yeah. missed out completely, um, completely on the championship uh, as well. So, yeah, look, that's, that's, the, that's Cork and, uh, and Kilkenny in a nutshell. Um, we'll come back afterwards um, to talk just about uh, players who might have put their hands up um, for the, for the All-Star uh, equation. We'll move on to Tipperary and Galway. Um, I suppose, Fiona, you kind of speculated during the week, maybe would Galway change tactics uh, or change their setup and alignment to the field and stuff like that. But suppose, ultimately, it wasn't really anything that we haven't seen before from uh, Cahill and his management team. No, no, they have those players that they swap in and out of positions, you know, I'll, I'll obviously harp on about this, but, or, or yeah, uh, Neve Kilkenny, why, why is she out of midfield, like, you know, starting her at number 10, I know she drifted back a bit, like, but, God, she's the most natural midfielder in the country, just leave her there, she scores more from midfield than she ever does in the half-forward line or anywhere else in the pitch, so I don't know why they um, moved her out of there. Um, I think that you know starting Rebecca Henley was a great call. Um, they just have such a force. They have such a bench. Um, I just think that I suppose they didn't worry too much about the tip opposition, and they just went about that. They did change up a few things. I suppose starting Tini Cormican as well midfield. Um, she did a, she did a good job as well. Um, it's just lovely they have such strong interchangeable players in so many different positions but I just again I would never move Kenny out of there um, I think that she kind of got a little bit lost the stages yesterday the ball, I, I think it bypassed her a small bit so um, Galway were good like, but you know I wouldn't be I don't think they'll be I suppose they'll be happy waking up this morning but um, they, there's a lot to work on and not a lot of time and not, an oppor- not a lot of opportunity I suppose to um, work on things I don't know what do you, what do you think yeah, it's it's it felt like a pretty clinical performance from Kilkenny to be honest. They kind of like something you might see out of the All Blacks, maybe you know, just look, we're not we're not playing terribly well, but we'll still keep it arms length and just dispatch you really ultimately. You know, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, I suppose we'd spoken about key players for Tipperary in the run up to this game and the performances they put in the quarterfinals, and it's interesting to note that in the in the semi final, I mean, Roisin Howard had or in the quarterfinal, Roisin Howard had eighteen possessions. And in the semi-final yesterday, she had eight. Uh, Caught Devan had six possessions yesterday, and Karen Kennedy had nine. So didn't play them three players had twenty-three possessions between the three of them. So I think while maybe Galway didn't shoot the lights out silently, they just went and cancelled tip and won. <laughs> that was such a testament to Galway's back. Yeah. I was laughing. I was like, Heather Cooney, like, she's, she's a girl after my own heart. She was just tearing Tipperary players <laughs> down and then up to the referee looking as innocent as Anthony. What did I do there? Right? That was uh, a Fiona Hickey special. Oh, completely, like, straight Absolutely, Milsom and out back the eyelids. Who, me? <laughs> me? Yeah, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, she, she did it at really good opportunities. I think uh, Sarah Friday was so unlucky. It was 100% a penalty. I thought that was a really bad refereeing decision because that could have changed the game you know caught would have stuck that and um, the game could have changed from there but um, I just thought the Galway backs were unbelievable yesterday German backed her best I, I didn't actually think she had an unbelievable year so far but she was absolutely outstanding yesterday just it's just it's just so um, natural with her she gets there she gets the ball into the hand a little hand pass out to the half back line I don't think did she even hit a ball yesterday it's just getting the ball into the hand and the pop of the hand pass out it's so clinical and just fantastic to see I, yeah, I, I love her interview. I someone, then, oh, one, like, yeah. like on the field, she's like you are not getting past her, and she, she's clicking the ball and coming out. And then it's like 
like I don't know how to even describe it. She's just in the interview and so softly spoken and it's like, <laughs> such a lady, like yeah. you know, she, we, we really knew well she didn't even play Ashburn, like I didn't we were friends, like I didn't really know she played Camogie. I was like, she's actually this superstar Camogie player, but she just chose having the crack in college for a while <laughs> the last year. And I was like, How has this girl not been playing? Like she's unbelievable, but like as you said, Daily, such a lady. Like, you know, you just, the things she does on the pitch do not replicate how she is no. at all in real life. It's so funny. Yeah, no, she was superb. I saw, I saw someone tweet, I think it might have been Dan O'Reilly or another journalist tweeting that, like that Sarah Dervin is one of Galway's greatest sports people of all time, not just in, from a camogie point of view. I just think she's just, when she's in that kind of form, like the whole Galway defence league, it's very hard to, to single out anyone. Like Siobhan Gardner was absolutely oh, superb. Emma Helbert, Tara Kitty, but like Shauna Healy, like for me, like Cotavan is just up there. She's one of these elite, elite players and just put her in her pocket for the whole game and that was it. And it was just, it was just an exhibition. It was the very same as the Vita Tobin on Amy O'Connor. Just an absolute exhibition of not giving your player a sniff of it. It was absolutely superb. Um, I suppose, Sarah, from a temporary point of view, like again, this isn't taken away from Galway's performance, but you'd have to feel a little bit sorry for Bill. Like, Potentially that forward line yesterday or from 8 to 15 could have had Ashley Maloney, Orlo Dwyer, Arena Friday and Nicole Walsh in it. All players who have played this year. This isn't players who are like gone. This is players who have played championship this year for Tipperary that weren't there. And I actually do. I genuinely like Bill. He's such a nice fella. And like, I actually feel sorry for him that you know, they haven't had a proper run at it. There's always something that's happened that has put up a roadblock in, over the last couple of years. But... Look, despite that, and I saw Bill's interview on RT there this morning, just having a look at it, he was right. Like the, the players that lined out gave it absolutely everything, as you'd expect. I think Sarah's frozen there. <laughs> she doesn't agree with me, one or the other. It's hard to tell sometimes. She's looking, she's looking quite angry there. That's typical. Sarah, it says a lot about you that I wasn't sure whether you completely disagreed with my point or whether your screen had frozen. So. <laughs> Um, I'm not 100% sure, but look, yeah, look, Tip, despite the absentees, I suppose, that they really went out and gave it a wholehearted effort, but I suppose ultimately just didn't quite have enough in the tank today. Look, I played against the best Tip team in 04 and 05, right? And yesterday, I thought there was glimpses of that, that crisp hurling that Tip played back in 04 and 05. Like, at one stage in the first half, there was, the ball was Knocked up the field by a hand pass. It was proper clean passes to hand. And I was like, oh, look at this. I'm so excited. It was so clean and it looked so good. And that's what I was so excited about, Tip, yesterday. We're not in for moral victories. Bill won't be in for a moral victory. Those six players that would have been at his disposal would have made a massive difference yesterday. But I certainly think from a hurler's perspective, and I know, David, there'll be lots of lads who will have watched Camogie yesterday for the first time all year and they'll have turned Tip on and gone, God, Jesus they play a really nice brand of hurling as opposed to camogie so that you'll have to take positives from that um and you're right i suppose one point i made last night was that tip only conceded one goal against a really busy galway attack you know and that's why mary ryan isn't going to be coming out of my full back line for the all-stars yet because i just thought yesterday she got forward she sorted out her her full back line as best she could they, they were clinical when uh, Galway were around the goal. A couple of penalty chances and they backed Donny Slattery to save them rather than allow 
uh, tip through or go all the way through. And what I liked as well is that they were all willing to take yellow in the back line, you know, <laughs> for the cause. And, and they spread it about and, you know, they made sure nobody got sent off. But there was certainly a lot of players on the yellow by the end of it, you know. So <laughs> lots of positives for tip from that. Lots and of no positives for Tipperary, definitely. Yeah. No, I don't. They don't. I know a lot of those players. Look from over the years, they don't. They don't deal in moral victories. So I don't think that's going. That's definitely not going to be a thing with them. But I suppose when the heart of losing kind of dies down a little bit, they'll be able to take a lot from the season. So they were in a league final, um, that unfortunately didn't get played, and they've been in the semi final for the third year in a row. So they really have established themselves, um, as the as the number uh, four team in the country, and maybe arguably the number three team, depending on what way you want to look at it, um. Like it's interesting to talk about their style of hurling because obviously their coach Denny Denny Ferncombe has been involved with with Jamie and Mary I winning a couple of uh, winning a couple of Fitzgibbons as well. So like you can see the bit of a hurling stamp um, over the the, the tip uh, team as well. And look, they've all, like Tipperary always produce natural hurlers anyway. Like you know, they, they they just have these stylish players. The Cooper helmets on. You know, <laughs> it's just you know the Tipperary player like you know the same as the hurlers like you know they just. They just produce them, whatever it is in the in the water down there. But um, I suppose they they'll be one of the teams that'll be anxious to get back early next season and and crack into it again because I think they're, they're definitely on the verge of making a breakthrough. Um, I suppose uh, yourself, uh, Sarah Fiona, you both had Siobhan McGrath down as your young hurler year. She made a big impact when she came on yesterday. Um, I suppose it's such an ace to have in the pack when you're a tired full back line and you put on a player like that and and she's buzzing around and had the confidence to, to step up and hit the freeze and stuff like that when Carrie Dolan went off. So that's a big bonus for, for Galway to have as well if there's players like that coming off. Um, yeah, I think we were talking about it beforehand there, just about Neve Hannafy. We, we were saying that they'd like uh, she thought she was going off at some stage and she got uh, evidently very, very crossover. You could see it on the telly, but um, it, it turned out that it was Rebecca Henley going off. But on that same point, when Siobhan McGrath um, went for that goal chance which she had no real right to but God she had some confidence her ability she was so cross that she'd missed it and Galway were in control at that stage but my God she got to give herself an old whack on the helmet and you know it just shows what desire I suppose she has to make that starting team her sister was absolutely I thought Orla was unbelievable yesterday just caused them so much, much havoc for Tipperary I just think Galway Galway really really want it and they have the ability to take it but it was just they really just I suppose need to I suppose readdress. Um, I suppose refocus now into the All Ireland final and stuff. But um, it's just they, they really have the heart. Like you know, the hunger is still there even after winning it last year. Yeah, no, they, they, their work rate is phenomenal. Like at different times, it, like it wasn't like that their forwards played poorly, as you said. Orla McGrath had a great game. Ailish O'Reilly had a superb first half. Um, Neve Hannafy worked very hard. Neve Kinney got into the game. Like I think what what it was with Galway was that none of their forwards played well at the same time. It was kind of nearly they were taking it in turns to drive it on. Um, but someday they will fit. And that's, that's, that's going to be a scary prospect for yeah. for whatever team they run into the day. The six of them hit form on the same day because that's just it's just a serious uh, it's a serious lineup. Um, and you look at even the subs they were bringing on, like I suppose they brought on Noreen Cohn, Siobhan McGrath, Sarah Spellman, um, left Catherine Finnerty on the bench. Uh, left Neve McGrath on the bench. You know, Lorraine Ryan, we've kind of forgotten about, hasn't really featured at all this year. Would have been the mainstay of the team last year. You know, so look, it's a very competitive panel, which is obviously driving the hunger as well. I suppose players know if they don't perform, there's going to be someone waiting to come in and take the jersey. So that's that's vital as well. Um, a quick shout out to Anya Slattery, Fiona. You pointed out yesterday she's actually a minor this year, the Tipperary goalkeeper. 
um, made a couple of great saves. Now, if, if we really want to be critical, I think Sarah Healy won't be happy with her penalty. Um, she kind of put it at a nice height at the at the hurley side for uh, for Anya, but the save from Siobhan McGrath was superb, absolutely superb, and she made a similar save against Beth Carton in the quarter final as well. So, like, she's and, and, I don't mean to like I suppose you know disrespect from Camogie players or Camogie goalies even that shot that Sarah Healy took yesterday that would go in nine times out of ten like I mean it was a great like mm. it, it did you know at a nice height she hit it at a nice height for Anya to save it but like she hit it with a cool check there was speed and pace yeah. behind that you know I, I still think yeah it was a good save it was right at her but I suppose it shows the respect we have for Camogie now we were like oh that was actually not a great penalty whereas a few years yeah. ago <laughs> any penalty would go in you know what I mean <laughs> yeah Standard of Camogie keepers at the moment in the senior championship and, and in the intermediate and junior is, is actually phenomenal. So it's great to see, you know. Yeah, and, I, and exactly. That's, it's a very valid point. It's like, I think Sarah Healy's absolutely class. So I was kind of half disappointed she didn't like yeah. it into one of the corners. I think she'd be disappointed yeah. in herself because she, like, you see her taking frees and that for Thomas's over the years. And like, that's what she do. Like, she just mm. dispatch it. So I think, yeah, but credit to Anya. Um, credit to Anya for that as well. Um, that, that's why, like, I suppose that's why Anya is keeping Creeper Burke out of the team as well. Like, oh, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. We were asking the question there earlier on the year, but kind of the last couple of games have, have shown that and has shown that Bill, Bill was right in his yeah. decision. What a sub keeper to have, like, <laughs> so, like, it's hard enough, and again, this is not a straight, it's hard enough to get, um, to get a one really solid keeper in Mogi. Actually, funnily enough, both Galway and Tip both had two class keepers yesterday. Like the, the Galway subkeeper, Laura Glynn, is an outstanding talent as well. So it just shows where the, the skill levels of the game are going that, you know, like subkeepers now in Camogie are class, whereas 20 years ago when you're watching it, like it was just Camogie goals. Do you know, like, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think there's been a Camogie goal this year. So look, we're moving in the right direction, skill level, obviously, coaching. A lot of, a lot of the teams have uh, designated goalkeeping coaches and stuff like that as well. So this is all good to see. Um, we'll have a quick chat about our All Stars. Uh, we didn't get too much flack, um, flack over it. Uh, one or two people had pointed out just that Kerry Dolan is only nineteen, which is uh, which is very surprising. <laughs> so obviously we hadn't done our research. Uh, so she'd have definitely been in the mix for Young Hurler of the Year as well. Um, Davy, we'll start with you um, from the team that you uh, that you put out there during the week. Has the uh, has yesterday's semi finals? Um, Changed your thoughts on anything? Has anyone put their hands up? Has anyone maybe played their way out of the equation? Well, I suppose first of all, Davina Tobin has to get in. Um, where she's going to get in? Probably, probably take out the fullback that I had cornerback. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, Sarah is delighted. So yeah, Laura Tracy probably has to leave the team, um, and Davina definitely in. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose that's the one obvious one. I suppose. Anya Slattery is definitely pushing in. She's probably pushing in for a young hurler of the year and for goalie. So I, I'd be taking out Amy Lee and I'd be having Anya in as well. And again, that's credited to, to Anya's performance. Or not just, I suppose, not just yesterday, but like especially in the quarterfinal against Waterford. And I suppose she, ha- she wasn't really mentioned too much because she was just doing her job, doing it very well, keeping the basics basic. But the couple of saves yesterday, especially that one with Siobhan, uh, that's why she's probably in, and that's why she probably takes over from Kate Lynch's young hurler of the year so far as well. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's very it's very interesting. Um, like that would leave you with a full back line of Davina Tobin, Sarah Durbin, Shawnee <laughs> Healy. <laughs> <laughs> it is just yeah, it's a scary, scary thought. Um, 
Sarah, we'll go to you. What about you? Was there anyone yesterday that was on your team that played their way out of a little bit, or anybody that was kind of borderline that might have uh, that might have snuck in as a result of yesterday? Are we talking about just the backs at the minute? Yeah. No, no, just overall. Oh, generally. Um, yeah. I agree with Davy about about Anya Slattery going in. I, I talked about penalty saves and Brianna going in for that reason, and you know, uh, Anya's been a shot stopper now three times, uh, so Anya deserves to go in between the posts. Um, Outside of that, my full back line stays the same. Currently, my half back line stays the same, but Siobhan Gardner could potentially come in there at six um, if she has a good game in the final. But right now, I'm keeping it the same. Um, number 11, and Dalton's going in at number 11 for me. Poor old Shelley. She had a good run. You batted hard for her, in fairness. I think she's gone again. <laughs> and it, and it, just while we're talking about goalies and all stars and stuff like that. An interesting point. Is Sarah Healy suffering because of the fact that the Galway defence is so good? Yeah, she's no shot stop. To is me. that an, it, it, like, you know, like she might go, she could go two or three seasons without having yes. to save yeah. a shot. She saved know, she's really good, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> she she, she saved know. a penalty against Cork above in Salt Hill. Yeah. Um, but against Chloe Sigerson. Yeah, yeah, apart from that, really, Galway haven't really coughed up too many. Oh no, goal chances. So but it, was, it was like James McGarry over the years when he was playing in goals for Kilkenny, like would always have felt that never got the credit because you know, just like the defence was unbelievable. So I remember my buddy Tyke Flynn got man of the match in a game for Kerry against Cork in the Munster Championship when he conceded five goals as he made about seventeen saves, but like <laughs> you know <laughs> he was unbelievable and they got hammered, but they're like he had so he had twenty chances and so saved fifteen of them. So that could be a season's worth of uh, a season's worth of shots for, for someone like that. But sorry, Sarah, we cut you off there. You're talking about Anne Dalton going in centre forward. Yeah, I now I obviously Denise and Anne as a as a half forward line. Lots of teams. It's not really a surprise. But I suppose yesterday she just really stood up, and that merits her position in there. I'm quite happy with my other uh, forward, uh, my other choices thus far. Um, I think the Galway forwards need a another really, really good game against Kilkenny to consider breaking in ahead of the likes of Nia Brockett and uh, Beth Carton. Mm-hmm. And Davey, I know, I, I know, I know Davey, um, you, you look very smug down there in the corner when Orla <laughs> McGrath was lifting yesterday because <laughs> you, you were the only one that had her in the team and she produced again, so yeah. you're happy enough with that one. I know where the big smile is in you. Look. What about Zoe <laughs> lads? I'm the only one with her and she was absolutely sensational yesterday. Well, yeah, I'm the second no. Fiona. I, I have her as well. Have I have you? Yeah, Davy has Davy has her in a wing back, of course. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. uh, Fiona, what about your team? Any changes based on uh, yesterday? Yeah, um, we're in. I'm so sorry, but Sarah Durbin <laughs> has to go in there. Like Murray, you did unbelievable year, and I think she'll completely understand that Durbin was just sensational yesterday. I think when the big when when the big games hit, uh, Sarah Sarah hits big. So, um, Karen Kennedy, I thought was unbelievable yesterday. I know she was wearing number six. I'm going to put her in at centre back for that reason. And sorry to as uh, Kira O'Connor I had in. Um, I thought she was sensational. She played in midfield role. Um, she was just so attacking. She was so strong. I think that she really, really stood out for me. She had a wonderful year, so she's definitely going in there center as a centre back. And I'm going to get rid of Eva Donahue, guys. You know it was going to contention. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going so well. No, we hadn't no, even said anything controversial. Actually, <laughs> it's only because Anne Dalton was so sensational. I have no place else to put her. Um, I actually, in my original team, I had Anne Dalton in midfield, and I had left Eva Donahue out. And I knew you'd all kill me. And like she has been unreal all year. Don't get me wrong, but I felt we like. 
we all know what's going to happen here now. Two minutes into the other final, there's going to be a collision out around the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought Anne Dalton was so, so good yesterday. She was everywhere. And I just think yeah. that I thought that her performance was so good. So, um, Dalton in Donahue out. Um, yes. and it mightn't might have looked as good on the television, but in Parky Cueve yesterday, the ground Aoife Donahue covered for Galway was just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but there, yeah. Yes. It was very evident on the television, lads. Oh. <laughs> uh, not from my television, I don't think, but anyway. Um, and the young you players. facing the wall. <laughs> I'm going to leave Anya, um, Anya Slattery now as my young player of the year. I'm going to leave Amy Lee in gold. I do think she just had huge boots to fill, and she just did have a really, really good year. She's been waiting in the wings for a long time, so I really yeah. do think, um, you know, her position there is merited, and Anya Slattery. Um, unfortunately, Siobhan didn't get much game time yesterday, but when she did, she was um, unbelievable. But Anya, 18-year-old, playing for your minors, playing for your seniors, for a strong, I suppose, resurgent tip team. You know, she's living the dream there now. Like, maybe she doesn't feel like that this morning, but she's a lot to look forward to, I think. Yeah, and are you, are you keeping Amy O'Connor as your hurler of the year? Oh, I don't know. Amy let me down yesterday, but uh, did Amy let me down or was Davina just sensational? I don't know. Um, I'll leave her there with a question mark for the moment, Will. Uh, let's see. Do, do, like, yeah, it depends. I suppose it depends on what your criteria is for hurler of the year. Yeah. I suppose like, like Amy was still one of the top performers of the year. But if you're hurler of the year, you nearly have to produce every single game, don't you? Yeah. Like, it's like for me, that's what it means. It means that every time you went out, you were the main man. Like it was, it was we all need, about um, you. Sarah, you like this word? We need a scoring rubric, you know. Uh, Solly, you could produce one of those during the week, nice. and that uh, that'd be very uh, <laughs> transparent then. In the not just who. Who I fancy on the day, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to be any different to any other All-Star Selection Committee. There will be no transparency here. We'll put out the team, that's it. <laughs> we're all, we're all great friends, sure. <laughs> out the team and turn off the phone for a few days and, and make <laughs> more calls and that's it. There's no two ways about it. And um, in either of your teams, does order not fit in somewhere, no? Not yet. No. Well, she, okay. she scored two points yesterday and her sister came on and scored two as well, so... Yeah, but the you know. amount of balls she got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. like... I know, real but cultural that's architect that's for Galway yesterday. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? You're in for... You're, yeah, maybe I could be talking. Rebecca Henley didn't have an unbelievable performance there yesterday and I did pretty much just throw her in for her unbelievable sidelines. Um, well, she missed two of them yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing, Rebecca. Embarrassing. So yeah, maybe there's space for all of there. But look, time will tell, Davey. Yeah, so it's all very much up to play for. So just to finish up, look, I suppose you had Emma Helbert as your hurler of the year. Uh, Sarah, she didn't put a foot wrong yesterday either, so it's hard to argue with that. Maybe Amy didn't have her best game yesterday, Fiona, but again, it's still been one of the top performers. Um, and Davey, you've even done who in and again put in a Trojan performance yesterday. So look, it's all very much in the mix, I suppose. If you run quickly through the team's players who were in the team, Sarah, like you had Davina Tobin, Mary Ryan, Shauna Healy, all were superb yesterday. Karen Kennedy, Emma Hellebert, Aoife Dunahoo, all brilliant as well. Denise Gall, absolutely outstanding. So, like, a fair chunk of your team really stood up yesterday and, and just said, yeah, look, <laughs> we justified our selections. Uh, I suppose Fiona, you had Mary Ryan, Sean Healy, uh, Aoife Dunahoo, Chloe Sigerson, Denise Gall, who all, all were absolutely superb yesterday. So, again, they've really kind of nailed on. Um, and Davey, you had Sarah Durbin, Sean Healy, Karen Kinney, Chloe Sigerson, Aoife Dunahoo, and Dalton, Denise Gall, and Orla McGrath. 
Jeez, Davey, it looks, it looks like uh, you're, you're nearly just about, you nearly have the nose in front here at the moment. Um, and we'll try and not do what every other All-Star team does and just pick the 10 best players out of the Ireland final and wedge them in regardless. So we'll try not to do that. But no, look, fair play. Like the standard is, it, the fact that we're even having to have these debates just shows that I think the standard of the championship has been superb um, this year. And, and that point you made earlier, Sarah, I got a few texts off people that I don't think will be necessarily camogie aficionados or supporters that were really impressed with the standard yesterday as well and it's all about the product isn't it and um i think hopefully if people were tuning in for the first time yesterday they'd be inclined to tune in again and again after that now we move on we have two very very big games next weekend in cavan of all places sure why not cavan seem as it's the uh, epicenter of camogie now these days um Two all Ulster or Ireland finals, so a really special occasion for for Ireland and Camogie people um, in Ulster. Um, I suppose a game that maybe we felt, regardless of what way the championship was going to be restructured, there was every chance that this could have been the All Ireland final. Anyway, uh, two teams who've been in great form in the league and and had shown uh, had shown great form um, in previous seasons. It's Down versus Antrim. Um, I always said I'd have a look at this game because I suppose I tend to let you guys off and uh, and do the hard work on the on the senior on the senior games and stuff like that. This is a game I'm personally really looking forward to. Refney Park is a class pitch. Um, two form teams, neighbours, rivals. It has everything you could possibly want uh, in an All Ireland final. Uh, I did tip Antrim from the start. I'm not sure if I was backing it this week. Would I still stay with them playing against Down? But um, it's really interesting to see how Antrim have, are developing um, and the work that's kind of going on behind the scenes. They won two minor B All Ireland's 2017 and 2018. Uh, they were very competitive in the in the minor A All Ireland Championship last year. Uh, I think they hammered awfully and uh, can only beat them by a few points in the A Championship. Um, at the same time, Cross and Passion got the two All Ireland A Schools Finals. Oh, they lost the two of them, one to Loretto and one to the Ursuline, uh, St Angeles and Watford. But... Like my point in these, and I think it's Brian Cody's point as well, is you don't have to be always winning these competitions. You just have to be competitive and get into late stages and producing three or four players out of all these teams. And two players that have been consistent to, um, to these teams in the, in the minor wins and with Cross and Passion are Maeve Kelly and Roshi McCormick. And now they're two of the standout, um, standout forwards for, for Antrim in this championship. Um, to be honest, they're similar in a lot of ways to where Limerick were in 2014 with the fact that, uh, that Laurel Hill were very competitive in the A schools in Munster. Um, we just won a minor All-Ireland and had been beaten the year before in the intermediate um, All-Ireland final as well. So like, they're ticking off a lot of the boxes that you would like to see from a team who are trying to build themselves up from being B and intermediate into A and senior. No. Downer, I won't say down or the opposite, but down are the seasoned um, campaigners with a team full of players who have just done it at every level and just haven't quite made the, the breakthrough to senior. Um, again, go back to 2014, they won the junior the, the same day we won the intermediate. It was the first time maybe we really heard of Neve Mallon as a, as a massive uh, force on the, on the national stage. Uh, they were beaten in the intermediate final in 2018 by, uh, by Cork by a very good Cork team, actually, um, and were pipped by Westmead last year, who've gone on, gone on to hell their own at senior level. So I suppose when you throw in the fact that a lot of their players have won intermediate club or Ireland with Clan Duff as well, the experienced players they have, like the Cars, Paula Gribben, Neve Mallon, they're a real seasoned outfit. Um, 
there's very little form lines between the two teams with regards to playing against each other. They don't come across each other that much. Down beat them by a couple of points in the Ulster Senior Final last year, and that's the only time they've played. They've avoided each other in championship, avoided each other in league. So it's hard to call. Um, so yeah, it's set up to be set up to be an absolute belter of a game, I suppose. If I had to call it, I think if this game was in Croke Park, down would win it. Uh, I think the experience that their players have of winning with Clondoff in Croke Park, winning Junior Ireland in Croke Park, and being beaten in Croke Park, which is an important thing as well. Like they they know what it's like to lose there, so it's not a big deal. It's not going to be playing their heads. What if we go to Croke Park and lose? The fact that it's on in Cavan, I suppose, with no crowd there. Um, take the, the kind of the occasion of going to Crow Park out of it. It's not going to be the first time the Antrim players walk out in a stadium like Crow Park. I think they just might have enough um, to get over the line. Um, and if they do, that'll be the second year in a row that I call the intermediate from before the first game, which I'd be very, very happy with. But I'm not that confident either. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it. I think it's, it's very much, uh, what's that phrase? TJ Ryan's uh, phrase on Daly's podcast, Davey, it's the deaf dog, hard to call. We can, mm-hmm. we can thank TJ for that one. It is hard to call. You guys, any thoughts on it? I might really? just say, Akira <laughs> definitely would have more, more to say on this than I would just from watching more of Kevin and stuff. Um, am I right in saying that there is still no promotion or anything? So the winners of this will still play into intermediate next year? I don't know. We had mentioned that before. Yeah, we had mentioned that before. I don't think it'd be fair. Um, obviously, you know, whoever wins will deserve to go up, but at the same time, all of the teams haven't been playing and I suppose it's been a bit of a weird year. In that sense, I think that Kevin, you know, obviously would mean an awful lot for Down to win. I think it would be just unreal for them. But at the same time, then Kevin, if Kevin, you know, whether Kevin wins... Antrim. 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 Sorry, whether, Evan, or whether Antrim win or lose this, I think that they'll get to play again in uh, this grade again next year and only make them stronger, you know, you know, having this experience at this level, getting to play the whole thing for a second time with a few new, few of the second teams thrown back into it, I think, you know, it'll, it'll really stand to them next year, you know. So I, do, I think whatever team wins with no promotion, uh, it'll probably mean, you know, less to down. I think they love the promotion side of things, but at the same time, as you said, they're an aging outfit. Um, you know, how would they fare if they did get promoted? So I think the lack of promotion would suit either team is what I'm trying to say in a round. Yeah. No, I suppose, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because there's there's 11 teams in the senior championship. So, like, it might just suit to go, here, listen, we will promote the winners. Um, someone had, <laughs> even it up to 12, because, like, we had two groups of four and a group of three this year. Um, so I think hopefully if next year if the championship goes back to normal it would be a good opportunity to just make it two groups of six um, and, and even the whole thing up now someone had said to me that that there was promotion but then I know you had said all along Fiona that um, I think in the junior definitely that there was none that that's what the, the narrative was I know there's been instances in counties where and in, in yeah. Limerick especially where the junior and intermediate champions have requested to go up senior even though there was no rule in place um, to be promoted I think like, okay, if two random teams had got to this final and that they were going to get clipped going up senior, well, then you'd say, well, actually, you know what? Let's just, well done, you're the champions and all, but we'll reset and go again next year. I don't think there'll be any fear of down or Antrim going up senior. I think it'll be actually good for their development. So I hope there is promotion. We should do better research. No, I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to put, put my uh, head in the line there. I'm pretty sure there isn't. Yeah, and I hope there is, as in, like, I hope that if, if Down win it, that after all the years of knocking on the door, that they don't have to go back and 
go back yeah. into the minefield of, of it again next year and try to get up again, do you know? That's the thing, as a player's point of view, you want promotion. Like, it, it's not your fault that the championship structure has, had changed. Mm. There should be no consequence of a team doing everything they can to win the championship, going out playing the final and winning it, and then not getting the, we said, the... the, the, the no, it's not the comp- yeah, yeah, it's... For players' development, you have to be playing at the top level to improve. Yeah. And even if that's taking a beating or two, but if, like, they'll, be, like, they'll be competitive in, in, in a couple of games. They'll get the beating out of the top teams, but they'll challenge the, the lower-ranked senior teams. Definitely. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's always, especially when both teams are putting such work into their development. Like We spoke about Antrim there, what they're doing. But like Down had a team in the, in the Division 3 the league this year. So they have, they have two teams in... Like so, like they're they're like they're really making great strides. So you can imagine the boost it would be to Camogie in either of those counties to have a senior team. And like we had said in the last week's show, it's only six years since Antrim couldn't field a, a county team and and St. Lockheel down to play a championship match. Do you know, so like the strides they're making. So hopefully, hopefully you're wrong, Tony. You don't tend to be in fairness on these things, but I hope well, hopefully I either you're wrong or they will make or they will know. Yeah, I think next year if it does revert, to, I think if the if the champions or whatever both teams get to play in the intermediate championship again next year, imagine that day out in Crow Park, you know, next September where they actually get to contest an intermediate uh, final, you know, on the biggest day in Camogie in the biggest stadium. I just think, you know, obviously they won't be worried about that at the moment, but I just think it'd be lovely, um, to you know, to have, you know, them winning in Crow Park. Like. It, maybe maybe that's what the women, maybe that's what the women's hurling cup could be. It's like it's not played every year, but in the year that you win promotion, but it's cancelled because of a pandemic, you get to play in the women's hurling cup the following yeah. year. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so it'd be like one of these things. It'd be like it'd be like the play as low cup. It's like you draw. Yeah. You don't. It's not necessarily played for every year, but like yeah. there for you in the case of a pandemic. Yeah, your niche. Your niche. But yeah. um, that's your job. Part of the week, sorry to. I choose, uh, <laughs> I, I choose that we, we want an answer. <laughs> no, no pressure. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, better research is needed. There's no question about that. Um, and then on to the big game of the day. No offence to Down Antrim, but I think we're all a bit emotionally invested in Cavan at the moment. So, um, Cavan and Armagh. Sarah, let's talk about this game. This is just such an unusual occurrence. Obviously, it would never happen in any other year that you could win the Nancy Murray and play in the Premier Junior Final. Uh, it's on their own backyard. Cavan have just won the Ulster Football Championship. Is it written in the stars? Is this going to happen or are Armagh going to come along and clinically cut the fairy tale to pieces on Saturday? What's going to happen here? 2-16 was a serious score to put up in a championship game last week and on that basis and because of the strength of the team, the physical strength, having, having watched them up in, in the scheme, I'm thinking Cavan have this. I, Tyrone, Tyrone genuinely to put up you know, three, four, and to keep Armagh in, in the game, to keep themselves in the game against Armagh last week, suggests that Armagh aren't as, uh, I suppose, organised this year as Cavan have been under Johnny Gravelock. So, Jimmy, I, I can't see any, Jimmy, I can't see any other results. Then, Whoa. That is a resounding endorsement for Cavan. Um, and look, in fairness, you've been fairly spot on with these, so... What about her, her six, six Tipperary to lose by six points call last week? Yeah, that was pretty on the button as well. And call, and call continue to win. And look, guys, in fairness, you don't get enough credit. You've been fairly knocking it out of the park with the predictions now this year, in fairness to you. 
Um, you'll only ever hear about the ones we get wrong, isn't it? But there's no one, there's no one sending us uh, angry tweets to tell us we nailed all the predictions. So, well done. Not you, Davey. <laughs> Not you. you, you can Aaron, Aaron is threatening to take me to Paddy Power. He's like, come on, we'll go to the bookies. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. we're not going to the yeah, It's when you start putting money on these things that it always starts to, it always starts to go. But I suppose, Dave, you redeemed yourself with your all-star team. But So listen, Cavan to win and a, straight, a one-off straight shootout for promotion to senior between Cavan and whoever wins the intermediate final. And that's it, no messing. <laughs> 10 minutes each half after the intermediate final in Cavan. 10 minutes Part each of, half, straight shootout. For the women's hurling cup, is it? For the women's hurling cup <laughs> and promotion to senior. There we go. There, that's how, many points, how many points are Cavan going to win by? Because I'm sure the, the, the betting will be on a petty power because it's been televised. What? <laughs> I'm going to say plus four. Plus, plus four. four. Okay. Class. Right. That, is, that is some call. <laughs> I know we'd be joking about it and all, but like if if Cavan do win this, and I know the competition has been kind of, I suppose, dismantled and stuff like that, but it would be just an absolutely incredible story for them to to do this. It's it, it, absolutely brilliant. Well, Sarah um, said it. Like having six scoring forwards, oh, is, yeah. there, is there three? Is there three of the senior teams that had six scoring forwards this year? Like I'm not saying they don't have yeah. them, but who actually scored in a game? And it doesn't matter who your opposition are. You're not focusing on that one person to pass the ball off to, which a few of the senior teams have been in recent years. So that's very impressive. So fair play to them. Yeah, no, it's a huge weapon to have. And I wonder, is the, is the biggest danger to the future, Kevin Camogie, is that the, Johnny has stepped down as the Westmead manager. I wonder, is Jimmy going to step into the, step into the breach there and take him over? Um, because obviously the work they've done over the last couple of years has just been absolutely outstanding. But I think from looking at it, they've done an awful lot of work in Cavan uh, to, to increase the number of clubs, to get the structures right, to get the competition structures right. So I, I think maybe if, if Jimmy did go to, to Westmead, I don't think the whole thing would fall apart. They seem to have done an awful lot of development work there that have, have created a really strong foundation. So, um, yeah, I'm sure this the last two minutes conversation here just going to be played on loop in the Armagh address room for the next, uh, for the next week. So, um, but... But well, not only would it be great for the development of Kevin and Hurling as well, it'd be great for us. Like, we'd definitely stay open, Kevin, that night. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's celebrations or anything like the, what the footballers had. Um, it, it would definitely be interesting. Um, guys, that's it for this week. Um, as I said, two great games to look forward to next weekend in Cavan. Uh, hopefully, we'll make the, the road trip if we can uh, get the passes to get in. Um, and then uh, another week then to look forward to, I suppose, the, the final that we all thought, except you, Davey, that was going to happen was Galway and Kilkenny, which we all looking forward to. Um, so a great fortnight of Camogie coming, uh, shorten the winter, definitely. We're recording this on Sunday morning as well, so, geez, fingers crossed Limerick managed to beat Galway to Hurling as well. Or to, to be an absolute disaster. I think Davy uh, called uh, yesterday while we were watching the match uh, a Kilkenny double for the All Ireland. Did you see? <laughs> <laughs> Again, that was wrong straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Walford had something to say about that. But um, guys, thanks very much again. Again, if you're watching, make sure you like, subscribe, um, and thanks to our sponsors, Burke Sports, www.burksports.ie. And we'll see you all